0: That's it. I hit a button. We we hit record and we're going to get started. I've got a very busy man with me here today. Busy because a book has come out and we're excited about it. We're going to talk about it. I have a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, global sales consultant, podcast host, Sell More Now, five-time author. And we're going to talk about his latest book and we're going to learn from him today. Keynote speaker, CEO of the Revenue Growth Consultancy, Alex Goldfan. Welcome, sir.
1: Thank you for all that pressure, Casey. It's nice to talk to you. I appreciate yeah, that. Now I feel like I have to meet that standard that you just laid, laid uh, out.
0: You, yeah, shots fired, right? So how we do this is I'm going to pass you this. And this, is, this is all about sales. It's all about learning from you. And what can we learn in the marketing world to, to, to better our, our success here? So I'm going to pass you this. It's kind of heavy, but I'm pretty sure you're stronger than I am. Ugh. All right, here we go. Thor's hammer. You got it?
1: I have to take this with my Yeah, hands. take the
0: hammer. Okay, there you go. All right. you got Take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all.
1: I'm going to pick up my, my Cubs bet here. Oh, I like Let's it. Uh, the myth or the misconception that we're going to smash today, I think, is going to have to do with the fact that it takes a lot of time to grow sales, and it does not. You can grow your sales in five minutes a day. uh, And that's really all it takes. Five combined proactive minutes a day uh, for reaching out and contacting people who are customers and prospects who you know. Not people you don't know, people who you know. And if you do that for just five minutes a day in which you can leave 10 voicemails if you'd like, right, in five minutes. Or you could just connect with a couple people. Uh, you can grow your sales significantly. And I see it happen every day amongst my clients. Uh, and that's the myth.
2: Now, I got to push back on
0: you a little bit here because you, ca- you sound a little bit like the sham wow guy who was like, see this, it absorbs everything. Like, all you need is this or you know, five mm-hmm. minutes. I mean, we've, only, we've almost only been talking for five minutes. So what is it about the five minutes? What, how does this witchcraft work?
1: Well, let me give you an example. Uh, I was at the Minneapolis airport, uh, flying home and I was ordering an iced coffee because that's what I drink. And there was a young lady behind the counter, it was a caribou coffee shop. Okay. And uh, she's probably 20 years old. And she said to me, would you like a bottle of water with that? And I said, oh my gosh, she just asked me the, did you know question? The, did you know question is something that I teach. And it's in my book. Uh, it's, it's in several books. And, uh, I said, Do they teach you how to ask this question? She said, yes, they do. It's a part of our training. I said, how many people buy a bottle of water? She said, almost everybody buys a bottle of water. Casey, guess how much the water costs? Like 4 In the airport. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those fat bottles of water. Oh, yeah. $5. $5. The water <laughs> costs 5 Guess how much my coffee costs? $3. $3. <laughs> my coffee costs 3 The water costs 5 So with the simple question, would you like a bottle of water? With that, this coffee shop nearly triples its revenue from $3 to 8 Not with coffee, with water, with water, not even their main product. So the question is, if you're watching us, listening to us, what is your bottle of water? What are your customers buying from you? That's the coffee. And what are they going to go down the terminal for to the Hudson's news place for their bottle of water, which they could buy from you? Save them time. You make their lives easier. Even if it costs a dollar more, I'm buying it from her because now I don't have to walk 10 minutes down the terminal right? Carrying right. my stuff and my coffee. Right. So did you know I can help you with X or Y or Z? Answering your question now, Casey. Mm. That's a three second effort. Three seconds. Did you know? Man, now, you just
0: got everyone asking that question. I could see that really selling some water.
1: Now, we know that 20% of did you know questions closed. Statistically, we know. 20%. So, uh, we've had you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of did you know questions done over the last 10 years. Millions. It's not even hundreds of thousands. And we document them all uh, in my programs with my clients. And then we see which one's close and which one's don't. 20% close. One out of five. So ask five, add one new line item of business. Ask yeah. 50, add 10. Ask 5,000, uh, add 1,000. Ask 500,000, add 100,000 line items of business. And the mm-hmm. thing is, uh, These are repeat orders from my clients, right? I work with manufacturers, distributors, service provider companies, all B2B. And these are things people buy for the first time and then they buy them over and over and over and over again. So I'm telling you that in three seconds, I can ask no question. In 15 seconds, I can ask five. And in five minutes, I can ask 100 did you know questions throughout Mm. the day, combined, added up together. That means 20 new line items of business over time. Let me give you another technique, the reverse did you know question. Instead of shooting products or services at you, Casey, I'm going to ask you what you need. Casey, what else are you buying elsewhere that I can help you with? What else do you need quoted? What Uh, else do you need? Interesting, yeah. What's on your wish list? I've had clients ask, what's on your wish list? They get a list of 24 things from their customer. (laughs) And then they just start selling it one thing at a time. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, what, what, what other projects do you have coming up? that I can help you with ask the customer what they need and nobody will ever say to you, no, I don't want you to make my life easier today. So point is in five combined minutes a day, you can grow your sales by 50%. I've seen it. I've seen salespeople double their sales. That's a hundred percent growth. Um, I've seen salespeople triple their sales using these techniques that we're talking about here that make up my new book, five minutes solid. Now on the day that we're talking, Casey, this came out yesterday, right? From right. Today. So this book is on the market for about 24 hours as we speak. Wow. And it's all here. Yeah. I mean, the entire system. The, here I've got, I've got, um, trackers in the book, planners in the book. Oh, it's cool. made up of two planners and two trackers. And it's designed to help you do the work. Everything you need in the book, if the book was silver, not yellow, it would be a silver platter. Here yeah. it all is. Just do these things. It's all there. And we know if you do them, they work. It's not theory. It's not, I wonder if this will work. It's we know for a fact that this works. The question is, will you do the work? Because right. knowing, knowing doesn't make us any money. Doing makes the money. 100%.
0: And then I, it makes you wonder, well, not everyone's doing this. Do you have any words of wisdom for the sales leaders getting their team to do it? Or, or see, like, is it just an individual? Like, are they, do they kick ass or not? And if they do, they're going to do this and if they don't, they're going to fail and go home. Or how do you, how do you inspire people to do this or make them do it or carrot stick? I don't know.
1: So, so that's my work, right? My yeah. projects are to, to help teams implement this work. So if you're a manager or an executive or a leader at a business or an owner, um, look, it's really hard to make corporate change, right? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, Company-wide change that sticks. Yeah. It's very difficult to make. That's why most change goes away, right? Right. Look, employees... Have seen staff, salespeople have seen most new initiatives come and go, right? Pass right through. They're a flavor of the month, and the reason for that—I it, mean, it's it's actually correct that it, most things don't stick. And the reason most things don't stick, I think, I found, is uh, we we tend to push the you know let's do a hundred dials a day now because that's yeah. what we're doing. What we don't address is the mindset. Mm-hmm. Most change does not address the emotion and the mindset of doing that work. And because behavior follows our thinking, our mindset, we cannot outsell our our mindset, right? Casey. Meaning if I believe I'm bothering the customer and annoying them and Mm -hmm. stepping on their toes and taking their time, good luck trying to make me make a hundred dials today. Right? True. I said, I'm not capable of doing it, but if I believe that I'm very helpful to my customers because I actually am. And if I believe I'm helping them in tremendous ways and that they value me because that's actually the truth, it gets easier to pick up the phone, you know? So yes. what we have to do to answer your question of how do we get teams to do this is number one, we need to address the mindset aspect of this uh, first. And in my project, just to give you an idea, when I do an all day workshop with the staff for the first time, which about three months into a project typically, And we teach the staff about two thirds is mindset, and only about one third is the actual technique of what to do. Mm. Because everybody knows what to do already. Everybody knows that a phone call is better than an email, and yet we send emails. Everybody knows referrals are good for business, and yet, right, we don't ask for too many referrals, do we? Everybody knows we should be following up on quotes and proposals. Everybody knows if we ask for the business, we'll get more business. (laughs) And yet, we don't because of fear because I'm uncomfortable with being rejected. It's fear of rejection. We are driven, Casey, by fear of rejection. It is the predominant mindset force yes. in sales. And, you know, the problem with that is we are in a profession of rejection, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, who gets rejected more than us? Nobody. Right. Nobody gets rejected more than people who sell. Baseball, in baseball, you go to the Hall of Fame, if you fail 70% of the time,
0: (laughs) that's a good point
1: in sales, we fail way more than 70% of the time. Mm. Right. I mean a 10% success rate in sales and you're freaking excellent. Wow. You're at the top at 10%, 12%, 15%, 20 is unheard of, you know? So with a 100 batting average, right? Which is, which is not even minor league ball. That's, you know, you're not, you're, you're nowhere. You're on the couch in baseball. Um, we are among the most successful salespeople, so we have to yes. walk through all of that rejection to get to our yeses, and it's so uncomfortable to us. And because we deal with it every damn day, that we just want to, we just avoid it. We just try to not not have to deal with it anymore.
2: Hmm.
0: It is. You want to get rejected? Uh, so I'm waiting to hear if there's some like Yoda magic powers that uh, that help sales. Inoculate themselves from. I mean, I know rum and coke works, but only to an extent, and then it stops working and and it backtracks on. You can't say what you're going to say, but like, how how do you how do you coach people out over that?
2: So, the answer is actually
1: the same as the technique. The answer is the phone call. Actually, the phone call is the thing. That gets us from the vicious circle of mm-hmm. I don't want to bother the customer, and so I'm going to be quiet, and I'm not, I'm going to stay out of their way, and I'm going to wait for them to call me. So I'm entirely reactive, and then I'm not bugging them, and then at least I know they want it, and so I won't get rejected, and right. I won't pick up the phone, and I don't want to bother. Them. That's the vicious circle. Those salespeople are flat uh, pretty much every year, right? Their sales mm-hmm. never grow. The success circle over here is. Uh, make one call. So the exit ramp from this circle <laughs> is the phone call. The first one, just one, you make one, make the first call and you're going to have yeah. a good conversation. You're going to connect with somebody. You're going to um, have a deep conversation. Um, you're going to feel good. You're going to help somebody. Are you going to talk about family and kids and, mm. and they might even buy, but if they don't buy, they'll open, you'll open something up, a new opportunity. And you'll feel good from that. And then you'll put down the phone and you'll have the energy to make the next phone call. And then you generate a little more positivity and success. And then the next one, and then the next one. And so now you're in a success circle.
0: What makes that phone call have a positive ending? Because aren't people afraid that they're going to make that phone call and it's a terrible ending? And then they really don't want to make the next one?
1: It's not so much the ending as it is the experience. Mm. Um, Yes, they're afraid, perhaps, of, of being rejected but if we can move people to, to one positive interaction, I can show them that, you know, when you make your call, nobody's going to shoot at you, right? Nobody's yeah. firing. Um, and when they say, if they say no, you didn't die, you're still alive, <laughs> you know, cause that's the fear. Right. I'm going to get rejected and then I'm going to die. And then my children aren't going to have any food to eat. Right. When the truth is they just don't want this thing right now. They still want everything else you're doing with them. Because we're calling people that we know. We're not cold calling. We're calling people who we know. Right. Who are our customers and our prospects. I'm looking for a chapter here. Um, Chapter 10, page 78. I'm going to show you.
0: And this is in the the golden book.
1: It's the 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 five-minute selling. In chapter 10, it says, your wins will come quickly. Hmm. So, again, 20% of the genos turn into business. Most phone calls that you connect on are going to have a positive interaction. If you leave a voicemail, the way that I write it in this book, one half to two thirds of the people you leave a message for are going to call you back. That's how it works. We know this. So in five minutes, as I've already said, I can leave 10 voicemails, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's 10 voicemails a day, uh, 50 a week, 200 a month, 2,400 a year, if my math is right. 50% of 2,400 is 1,200 return phone calls. <laughs> That's a conversation. And let's say you screwed calls. up and you're only and now I'm between 50% and two thirds. Yeah. Right. Let's say you really screwed up uh, and you only get a thousand return phone calls or 800 return phone calls. Yeah. That's 800 more than you had yesterday, man. Still you two a day. And you're, you're having a nice chat with people. Casey, how you doing? It's Alex. I was thinking about you. How's your family? Right? How are the kids? Mm. What are you doing? How was their summer? What about school? My kids went to school for the first day today. They went to the building, they got they walked into the building for the first time in 6 months. Jeez. I think that's pretty cool. We could talk about that probably for 10 minutes. We could. Um that's the conversation and then you pivot gently to the business and you say, "What are you working on these days that I can help you with? What do you got um. going on?"
0: That's the work is there some hesitation because it's like, Oh, they're going to know I'm selling. And, and do you just have to just really care about them in that conversation or, or somewhere in between? Um, you know, like, is somebody going to spot like, Ooh, this isn't a real conversation. You're just trying to, Oh, you're asking me about my family so you can sell me something later.
1: That's your discomfort. That's not going to be the customer's discomfort. Interesting. Yeah. It's, That's the, it's, your, discomfort. it's your
0: own, it's your own mentality, it's your, it's your own mindset.
1: It's your fear. It's your discomfort. Uh, the customer, right. look, we're all doing the same thing right now. We're all sitting at our desk
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, at home. Right. And next to us is our phone. All of us. Is your right. phone near you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's right next to me. Can Plug I see it in. It?
1: Show, put it up. Oh, it. It. There there it is. Is. We're, we're all sitting within reach of the phone. And yet, nobody's calling the phone. The phone is silent. Do you get a lot of phone calls, Casey? I mean, you own your business, right? No, yeah. Do yeah. you get a lot of calls from people who um, are saying, "Casey, how are you? How's your family? What, what's going on with the kids? And what are you working on these days that I can help you with?" No. <laughs> do you get how many times oh, a year do people? How many times a year do people say to you, "I was thinking about you. I just wanted to see how you were doing and how the family is." Uh, not calls? nearly enough. Very few. So, so when, when you tell somebody I was thinking about you, you're honoring them. It's literally impossible to be mad at you when somebody tells you that you're thinking about them Mm -hmm. or that they're thinking about you. So I think this, aren't I selling anyway is, is our salespeople discomfort. Mm -hmm. You know, customer's not going to feel that customer's going to be like, Oh my God, somebody wants to help me. Right. I'm in. Yes. Right. it's interesting. If you make these calls, what we hear from customers is they actually look for ways to reward you. They feel like they owe you business <laughs> because you're trying to help them. Right. And nobody else is. This yeah. is a really great way, a really easy way to stand out from everybody else because nobody else is calling. I literally have customers say to me, customers of my clients say to their clients, and then I'm told all these stories, say to my clients, they say, um, your competition must not care because you're the only one calling. Right. Right. They must not give a damn. You're the only one here in front of me.
0: They don't. and They're scared. Clearly. They sent me an email. but email doesn't count.
1: It's interesting though. You said they don't. I, in my experience, I think we all care enough. I don't think uh, we need to care more. I'm not suggesting interesting. that you don't care enough. I think you care more than enough. What I'm suggesting is we need to communicate that care a little bit more, because if you care in silence, if nobody knows you care, it doesn't help you at all. It doesn't help them at all. So, you know, it's like a tree falling in the forest if you care, but nobody knows. Um, I think we need to communicate our care. And how do we do that? By being present, by making phone calls, by checking in with people, by asking them how their lives and how their family is. And Oh, by the way, what are you working on these days that I can help you? And by the way, everything I'm saying here off the top of my head is in the book. The scripts are here. Nice. There's an entire chapter at the end. I think it's even an appendix of scripting. So it talks about what to say here. So, you know, here's language for a a follow-up. Here's language for, um, asking for the business, you know, over mm-hmm. here is language for asking for a referral. So all the words are there. You don't need to use mine. I'd rather you use your own. It'll work better. If you use your oh, own hundred percent, you need yeah. a place to start a jumping off point. Use mine yep. and then make it yours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Change it here. Change it there. Um, yeah, this is why, why don't more people do this? They just need to get the book and then they will. But like, what? what's the holdup? We're just afraid. Is that back sure. to your earlier point? We're just all yes. afraid.
1: Yeah, people. So people think, it goes back to your smash the myth, right? Yeah. People think, um, one, I don't have time to do mm. any more right. because really we are busy, right? I'm not suggesting salespeople are all sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. We're busy. right? We're serving the customer. <laughs> we're reacting to the customer. So one, I don't have time. I'm already really busy. And you are. Two, we're, we're deathly afraid of rejection, mm. right? As discussed. Uh, three, we think it's really complicated because, because selling kind of gets hard, you know, because we're dealing with the phone ringing all day on the other end of the line is somebody who's unhappy or has a problem for us to solve. Mm -hmm. And we have to solve problems all day, serve the customer, have very few happy conversations. And we think that selling more is really complicated work and time consuming work. And it's neither of those things. It's Hmm. simply proactive communications work trying to help people more. That's the work. You want to grow sales? We just need to help more people more. That's the work. I don't
2: even
1: call it I don't even call it selling. I just call it helping more people more. That's the work.
0: And not it's not getting overly complicated with it about all these different things. It's just helping more people more. Yep. What could marketing learn from this? What what would you want marketing to do? better do they make similar mistakes and how can they so, i mean it's a tough job your sales is getting rejection all these different fears we're talking about how can marketing better support them
1: so it's interesting when i do my projects with clients and again i do fairly intensive projects for 6 to 12 months and they add 10 to 20% new sales annually to my clients on average um, and some of my clients add 50 60 70% of their big companies i have a 300 million dollar manufacturer right now that's up 60% on the West Coast, 70% on the East Coast, 50% in the South. So, and they started at $300 million. And they did it by being uh, proactive and in front of their customers and prospects during the pandemic when nobody else is. We gotcha. literally launched the project right before the pandemic started. So they got lucky timing wise. Um, so in those projects, we do a marketing track. And I feel like marketing opens and sales closes, you know? marketing opens opportunity, sales closes opportunities. And so for sure, you know, the customer that we're trying to call on the phone is also on a list ideally. And she's hearing from the company on a, on a marketing track, you know, so I call selling one-on-one and uh, marketing is one-to-many, right? Right. Company-to-many marketing. And, but she's in both spots, you know, she's up here on the sales Mm -hmm. track and she's also down here on the marketing track. And what marketing does is it allows the recipients of it to raise their hands and say, I am interested in that Mm -hmm. the correct marketing, helpful, useful marketing, not annoying, pitchy marketing with a P, not with a B pitchy marketing. Um, You know, save 20% today only, not that crap, but helpful marketing as in, um, You know, we 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 came across this market research from your industry uh, publication that says that fifty percent of your customers, when they buy this, also need that. Mm -hmm. Actually, helpful stuff to your readers. Right. Send that, and beneath that, ask a "Did you know?" question. Did you know that we can help you with this or that? And that's every other week. We send a newsletter. On the in-between weeks, we simply send a "Did you know?" question.
0: In like in an email by itself. Just on its
1: own. Yeah, just a marketing piece. Did you know we can do this or that? You're educating your customers about how else you can help them.
0: Now, is that helpful or is that salesy? And how do you make that different from like the 20%? I mean, 20% like buy my shit and it's crap, like you said. But then how do you like, hey, do you know that Treasure Impact does Salesforce too? Not just marketing automation? So how do you make like, it
1: stand out? Is that what you said?
0: Well, how do you make it not be just like a waste of someone else's time?
1: Well, I just told you the first, the first and third Sorry, that came out not how I meant it. Oh, that's fine. Um, I didn't mean to. Put it that. That's <laughs> not how I thought it in my head. And then I thought about how it sounded. I'm like, geez, that did not sound right. It's okay. I'm not um, triggered. <laughs> good. Thank you. you. You seem like a calm dude. So I appreciate that. Um, two mailings every other week. The first one is a newsletter with, a, with an article of value that you okay. find that somebody else puts out. And you simply connect the two, right? I'm forwarding. A, we, you know We selected this because we thought it might be interesting to you in regards to growing your own business. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a testimonial about you. The third thing is a did you know? So you're not pitching. You're sending a newsletter that has value in it. Right. That's week one and three.
0: Got it. So it's nestled in there. So you, you've been providing value overall. Yes. People aren't like, oh, who is this idiot? Because you, you didn't start with that message. You started with the value. Correct. And then it's like, you know, you got a little brave and you threw one of those little things in there. And you're like, hey, did you know? Um, to, your, to your point, you know, 20% say, yeah, let's do this.
2: That's
1: right. Which is a lot more than 0%. Look, if if it's 20% and you know, it's just the numbers game, right? And you've got, you've got, let's say you've got a sales team of 10 or at least a customer facing team of 10 and everybody yeah. can ask 10, did you know questions a day? That's 30 seconds of life Ooh. that we're asking for, right? Now yeah. I still got four and a half minutes left over in my five minute selling day, right? Which you asked me about in the beginning, yeah, right. If I ask ten, did you know? That's three seconds per question. That's that's thirty seconds. I got four and a half minutes left. So, yeah. ten people asking ten, did you knows is a hundred a day, five hundred a week, uh, two thousand a month, twenty four thousand a year, right? Twenty four thousand, did you knows? Twenty percent of twenty four thousand is forty eight hundred. <laughs> that's, that's a 40, lot. That's forty eight hundred new line items purchased for the first time. Most of which will be bought repeatedly. Yeah. Look at if it sounds absurdly simple, that's because it is. Mm -hmm. It's that's how simple it is. We don't think it's that simple. But if you want to sell more, communicate with some more customers, right? The more that people hear from us, the more they buy from us. The less they hear from us, the less they buy. And don't send email. You know, don't don't send LinkedIn messages. Send them if you must, but call. Call. Mostly call. And you look, if you, if you do all those voicemails and you do a thousand phone calls in a year, and then if you add 4,800 new line items, or even if you that's for 10 salespeople, yeah. let's just say you're solo and you add 480 new line items, right? That's just, if yep. you do it solo, how can your sales not grow? I mean, there's no choice, but for them to grow. That's right. why every one of my clients grows. Nobody ever works with me and doesn't add significant sales from this work. Now they might've been on pace to go down. So we, mm. we bring it back up, right? It's 10 to 20% on top of whatever you're doing. So whatever you're on pace for this work in five minutes a day infuses an additional 10 to 20%. So Jeez. everybody grows. Nobody's ever shrunk. People grow at different levels yep. depending on how well they're implementing, but nobody's ever gone down when their communication has gone up like this systematically. The key is the system.
0: The system, the, the discipline, doing it, actually taking action on it. To, put, to your point, if you don't care, well, you care, but you don't show it, then who cares? You know, the, the, the lumberjack in the woods. I actually saw a post that said, if you drink 30 beers in the woods, did it actually happen? You know, if no one was there. I don't know. Maybe it didn't happen. Um, where, where is this going to? I, do you see, has sales evolved or is this just like tried and true since the dawn of time? And where does it, where's the future of this going? The sales and marketing, the technology, all this stuff is kind of converging.
1: I think it's a big question. Where is sales going? Yeah. Um, look at, I think if you can get good at using the phone, I think you'll be so far ahead of everybody else that they won't be able to make up the difference, the distance, you know, they yeah. won't. you'll put so much room between you and the next guy. Um, that's where good sales is going. Good sales is going back to the phone, where um, uh, it, it's now the most important tool. It's as important today as it was in the '80s when we had nothing else. Yeah, that's how important it is. To your right. point, so, it's not so being that, used, that, right? Yeah. No, and it's not being used. It was. It's it, it's as important today as it was when we had nothing else. When there was right. no email, and yet. We'll email all day and we'll LinkedIn message all day and shoot. We'll even zoom all day because those are scheduled, right? I can schedule my zoom call and I can't be rejected. They're going to show up. It's on my calendar. Here's the link. Got to go. And so now we're all little boxes on a zoom screen, aren't we? We're all little boxes. I got to tell you, I feel like the phone has more depth than, than the zoom call. Now I'm zoomed out, man.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
1: As we talk on zoom, I feel like I (laughs) I can put my feet up at my desk or stand up. I did a phone call earlier today and I put my headset on and I just walked around my office. I've got a big office mm-hmm. here. I just walked and it was so nice. I put my hands in my pockets, you know? Yeah. And I walked and I concentrated and I wasn't yeah. staring into the screen. It was so nice. I feel like I can get into the tone of voice and I could relax into a conversation. Or I could put my feet up here on my desk and and so that's where good sales it is going. it is different.
0: Yeah I, 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 I did a walk today and I didn't turn on video and I, cause if you ever tried that, you ever tried like a go for a walk and do a zoom call. You have to like hold the phone out in front of you. Like it's a boomstick.
1: It doesn't work. People post those videos and I don't like them. Same as like when they drive the car. So they turn on their stupid recorder and then they post those on YouTube, you know, when they're driving. Yeah. The Educational videos in the car.
2: No.
1: Um, let me, let me think through where the rest of sales is going. I think. The big picture of sales is going to the path of least resistance, mm. and to the easiest the the easiest way. And so, where are sales going, Casey? It's going to email, e- even more. It's going to social media. It's going to chat. Um, yeah, it, you know, Zoom. It's it is. What's happening is Zoom is replacing what used to be face to face. Okay. Right. So the meetings that we had are now Zoom, Right. But you know, nothing's happening. There weren't enough phone calls for them to be replaced. And we're, I feel like we're not making more of them now yet. Right. And perhaps we won't. And the good news about all of that is 90% of selling is kind of going to be that way. 90% of your competition is kind of going to be, you know, path of least resistance. Uh, rejection, avoid, and sell it. Mm-hmm. And if you can be good at the phone, you're going to be in the top 10% instantly, right away, way ahead of 90%. That's where sales is going. Get yourself into the top 10%. It's not hard. Right. It's not very hard. You know, everybody remembers the phone calls, right? Yep. Like, what's the last good, interesting business phone call that you had? Can you remember? Like, who called you? Yeah, We're surprised to hear from them. It's like, yeah. who was it? Tell me broadly who called.
0: Yeah, it was this. Uh, it was an SDR rep for this company that had been spamming me, and I've been like trying not to unsubscribe from. Uh, but when she called, she brought up it has to do with webinars. She's like, you know, I, I saw the webinar. I listened to the recording or something of what you did. She brought that up, and, and I I know it was going on, but I was generally impressed, and I was like. That's something I don't hear a lot, which is like, you actually went and listened to, or even if you listened to like two seconds, you did the thing or you said you did the thing. Yeah. I, um, okay. All right. Tell me more about this thing. You know? Casey, okay, so how
1: long ago was the call? It was like a day ago. <laughs> a day ago? <laughs>
0: but it hasn't happened. That is, is the first time I've had one like that where um, I'm like, okay, well, who's, who's this? But it actually was very surprising. That, so you listened? I did. I liked it. Yeah.
1: You've yeah. kind of felt like you owed it to her because she tried?
2: Yeah. Yeah. She
0: tried. So I tried to understand
2: her product.
1: When you try like that, I mean, it's a big takeaway. Yeah. When you try like that, the customer will almost feel like they owe you work. Right. I think we touched on this already. Mm-hmm. They'll feel like they owe you um, thanks for yeah. trying to help them. And so you, you, you listened and many people will look for ways to um, reward you with business mm-hmm. too. I've actually had clients say to me, he tried so hard repeatedly that I feel like I owe him something, you know, and one guy didn't want to work with this person and calling him at all. He had, I'm like, I've got, he said to me, I've got nothing for him. Right. But he said, I'm going to connect him to somebody I know because I feel like he deserves something from me, you know? So people feel like obligated in a way, if you try to help them because they don't have very much of that.
0: Yeah. You know, shout out to, I looked up Alexandra, shout out. Great job. <laughs> I like get in those calls where if they're good, I'm like, I may need to take you away from your company. <laughs> come, come over here to mine. That was great. Um, it's a great uh, way to do it. Hey, you know, I, I only got so much time here, but I've I've already learned. I've literally filled up a piece of paper front and back already with takeaways. I, my next question, can really though, is, is like, who are you? Who are you? Have you always been just really good at sales? And can you take us back in time to like little Alex days? Yeah, to, were you I'm always a hustler? Well, what's up?
1: A hustler. Can I see the piece of paper? Yeah, I see, want to
0: what I see that. Can I get that?
1: Is that is that for show notes or is that for your own notes? That's that's my notes. Really? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a lot of value I added, huh? Yeah, <laughs> In just like a few minutes.
0: <laughs> it's pretty impressive. More than five
1: minutes though. I know it's hard work for me with you. Yeah. Usually it's only five minutes. See,
0: did, did I even get your last name right? We didn't even have enough time to, for me to confirm that. Is it? Is it Goldfan? Or is it Goldfan? Goldfan? I'm easy though. I don't care. Right. Call me whatever you want. I was like, God, oh, geez, did I just say this wrong? But yeah, who are you, man?
1: I there's mean, only two is- of us. I mean, little Alex. There, there's a link to you and a link to me, probably. That's right near, near this video, so I don't That's care right. how to say it. Right. Goldfan. Well,
0: we're the only one watching it anyway. So
2: today's know. my birthday. No way.
1: Yeah. So this Happy week birthday, we're man. we're celebrating. The birth of the
2: book, yep, and the birth of me, all at once. Right on. Are you going to do anything special tonight?
1: Yeah, we're going to go have dinner. That's good. Yeah. there's a restaurant in town that's um, closed today that we like in our little town that we live in in the Chicago mm. area. Yeah. And, uh, so I had to invite enough friends and family so that they could open for us. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we have a lot of people who are uncomfortable being out. Uh, yeah, have, no,
0: it's going to be weird for one. We have, yeah. you know, because my
1: parents are older, my wife's parents are older, and um, they don't go out and I wanted them to go out. So mm-hmm. and we have a good relationship with the folks who own this restaurant. So we, I had to get up to 20 people. So wow. we invited, we invited, you know, friends with kids so that my kids can hang out with them. So that's what we're doing. We're going to have a nice day. Is it a good place?
0: Is it, you recommend
1: yeah, it? Yeah, it's really good. It's What's good. What's it yeah. called? It's, it's called the gallery and it's in Lake Forest where I live. And, uh, the gallery. what nice. they do is they, they, they it's called the gallery because they they have different artists uh sort of displays on the walls and okay. the chef makes the menu based on the art that's currently on display which is pretty cool so he ties yeah. it to the art so it's a neat way to oh, wife totally dig that you walk around with your glass of wine and you look at the art you know and of course it's for sale and most by the time you eat there it's gone because they have openings and the art's sold but it still stays on the wall um so it's cool that he matches uh, you know, like if there's, you know, Asian-y kind of flair art, he does Asian flair, yeah. you know, meals. It's neat. So,
2: you really want to know who I am? Yeah, back in time, man. Early you. What got you? Uh, so, you're at.
1: I was born in uh, Ukraine, the former Soviet Union. No kidding. And uh, I was two years old when we came here to the U.S. Uh, and my parents dragged me out of there. Only child. Uh, it was 1978. And really, when I say my parents, I mean, they, we came here together, but my dad is the one who dragged us out of there because my mom yeah. didn't come because oh, really, uh, well, it's scary. I mean, America yeah. was the enemy, right? Oh, and, really? Uh, it was really? the Cold War. It was the height of the Cold War. Yep. With the Soviet Union and America. And um, my mom had watched the Godfather movie. So she thought that was America, you know, um, and she was scared and. You know, nobody said nice things about America there. Jeez. So look at, we had no language. My, my dad, you know, he couldn't speak English. Nobody could. That came. My, gran- my parents, my grandparents, my great grandma and I came, six of us. And uh, we had $20 US. That was the money we had. Um, without language, without job, without knowing anybody. Wow. And they came here with nothing. And my dad was an engineer. In, uh, in Ukraine, and when he came here, he was 26 years old. When he came here, he couldn't do engineering because he didn't know English. Right. So they went to school to learn English, and I lived with my grandparents Monday through Friday, and they took me to school and back. And my gra- my parents then would take me home for the weekends. You know, so yeah. I would hang out with them for the weekend, and then they would drop me back off on Sunday at Grandma Grandpa's house. Grandma's still around, by the way, 94 years old today. No
0: kidding! Congrats I talked to
1: her. Right, I talked to her right before uh, this podcast started, and. Uh, she wished me a happy birthday. I think it's pretty cool. I'm 44 years old today and my 94 year old grandma, I still have her. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, wow. So, so, uh, you know, we came with $20 and the last two years of my consulting practice, solo consulting practice has done $3 million Jeez. In annual sales. Solo, just you, just me, me and an assistant. Um, wow. my dad, a couple of years ago, retired as the head of engineering. Uh, for Baxter Pharmaceutical uh, at their uh, IV lab. He ran the engineering Mm -hmm. in their IV lab. So, you know, I got to watch growing up insane uh, perseverance and stick-to-itiveness and, you know, just not giving up and almost just like breaking down walls with his head, you know, just through sheer willpower, not necessarily through talent, or, or, or away with words, which he had no words, right? Literally, mm-hmm. um, talented in engineering, but he couldn't apply that talent. He was there was a wall in front of him, but he walked through it, you know. And and so that is probably like my defining thing, my defining characteristic, because, um, you know, my parents didn't bring me here to give up and to quit, and. Look, I've had, we, in, when you're in business, um, growth isn't linear. You know, sure. you don't grow like this. You it's can, not, a, uh,
2: it's you not a hockey stick. Do
1: this, and then, then you do one of these, like, let's say it's a pandemic, you do one of these. Yeah. You but uh, we've had some awful years mm-hmm. in, in the early years of my business. You know, it's been a while, thank God. But we've had multiple times in our lives, we've been all the way out of money, all the way out of money, my wife and I. Wow. To the point where remember back in the day, like 10 years ago, they were offering um, credit cards at the checkout of every supermarket purchase. Mm. And every, remember you go to target. Well,
0: I Walmart. remember like sports arenas had them too. Like, Oh, we'll give you a t-shirt if you get a credit card. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: But every time you try to check out of somewhere, they'd offer you a credit card. Yes. So I do wife, like, yeah.
0: Clothing stores a lot. Yeah. Too and, so yeah. my
1: wife would say yes to every single one of those oh. because just in case we needed money right? We could be able to charge this credit card. So we, there was a time we had like a stack of, of credit cards that they would just let us have in case, in case we needed milk or something and we couldn't afford it. Right. You know, that's literally where we were. We were at the point multiple times that if I didn't sell something now, we wouldn't be able to pay the bills. Jeez. So I sold it. Um, and it always goes back to, to that, you know, dad story of mine where I owe it to them, you know? And also by the way, where are you based in the world, Casey? New Hampshire. Yeah. And most of our listeners are, are US-based. Is that fair to say?
0: North America, but we've got Australia, Belgium. Yeah. Sweden. Yeah.
1: Look, even when we struggle, you know, most of us get to struggle in a place where um, hard work and perseverance gets us out of it. Yeah. We get to struggle here. You know, we get to struggle here. Yeah. You get to struggle in Canada. You get to struggle in Australia, right? Sure. Get to. We're lucky to struggle here, um, because we can get the hell out of it.
2: We yeah. can work our way out of it, and that's my answer.
0: It's a good point. There are places where good. You worked hard, and there is no reward for that. You can. You may continue. Yes.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Uh.
0: Yeah. And then you see, it like, people just not being motivated to do anything more than what they have to, because it doesn't get them anywhere. But that it's pretty brave of them to to leave and go to the, the terrible place, maybe something, something about it. They just thought, okay, well it sounds bad, but it must be better than where we're at. You know, maybe there's some opportunity there. Right. Do you, do you still, is it Russian? Do you speak there? Yeah, I do. I speak
1: fluently. Yeah, Russian. You said fluently? I do. It was my first language. Yeah.
0: No kidding. Do you, have you ever done any of your trainings or consulting with like a Russian company?
1: Never. 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 No. Wonder if the sales We don't have too many Russian companies in the U.S., Casey. Uh,
2: yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, I just, Why is that? Why is know. that? I don't know.
1: I feel like I feel like I got my fill of 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 Russian things growing up, you know? <laughs> Sure. and uh, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to be here and and working with American companies.
0: Right now, but you didn't go right into sales, though. You, I, did you try to go like pre med? Be a doctor, that kind of thing?
1: I was a pre-med psychology major okay. in school, and I went then to a doctoral program in clinical psychology. And in the middle of that year, I stopped because I hate it. <laughs> what um, about
0: it? What about it? Did you, were you just like, get me out of here?
1: Psychology attracts the most troubled people.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, psychology attracts people who are trying to figure out their own stuff. You know, they want to solve their own problems. And so I was, I was one of the youngest ones in the rooms, in the classes, because I came right out of college. There weren't many of us right out of school. Mm. There were a lot of people in their forties though. And then their fifties and they were, you know, every class was about them examining their own personal issues openly. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm paying for here. Like, this is not, and also I wasn't like that. I wasn't like them. I felt out of place, you know? I felt like it wasn't for me. I felt like I can't go sit in a room and listen to people's problems for the rest of my life. Right. Um, even though interestingly it's pretty say. much what I do every day. <laughs> right. Right. But perhaps one of the differences is the pay is slightly different. <laughs> True. Right? True. Yeah. The pay is slightly different and um, I don't know, man. It's more energizing, it's more exciting. It's it's not more. It's two different worlds of energy and excitement. Um, in when you're in business versus when you're
0: It's a different kind of help, too, right? Like, it's not, well, what do you think, or what does that mean to you? It's like, I've seen people just like you go through this, like, dude, I have something that can help you.
1: It's practical. Yeah. And not fluffy, let me help you get to the answer on your own crap. Right. Sometimes I think that crap about it's not my job to tell you the answer that the shrinks say. Yeah. I I feel like that's because they don't know what the hell the answer is. Right. So they tell you that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And so you have to keep paying them until you arrive at the answer yourself. Sure. Which is stupid. I understand why. I totally understand. I get it, having studied it. Because the answer I give you might not be the right answer for you, right? Right. I get it. But I just feel like I'm way, I'm way too practical and and concrete in my thinking to deal with that fluffiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but you know, I wrote a book uh, like Selling Boldly over this shoulder here. Yeah, It's all about how do we grow sales with the principles of positive psychology. So mm. I'm I st- I'm still deep into the world of psychology. I just apply its concepts in business for my clients and for salespeople. Yeah, and even this book here, Five Minutes Selling, you know, has a chapter uh, on the key mindsets to fuel your sales growth. So we talk about how to think and here's, here's what the chapter looks like, uh, how to think and, and and what, what, what are the key mindsets to to grow? So, you know, here's enthusiasm, confidence, gratitude, and then we keep going. Jeez. We need those, but I can tell you that practically and not make you pay me $150 an hour to figure it out yourself.
2: Yeah. I read it over and over and over again in a book or five books.
0: Um, hypothetical for you. If you could go back in time, because I may or may not have a time machine in New Hampshire, you know, after COVID's done, it's, it's actually in the backyard, take the tarp off. Um, it, but it's a special machine that goes back to a certain time. And it goes back to, now usually it goes back to after you graduated from undergrad or sometime around there. It could be in the, you know, just after you've dropped out of you know, the psych doctorate or something like that that's where you end up and you get to go talk to yourself. What kind of advice would you give yourself at that point in time?
1: It's an interesting question because when you go through things that are current, you don't know how they're going to turn out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas if you think about it from today's position, looking back, you know exactly how things turned out. Right. And so the thing I think I would say
2: is that is that Even your worst fear, when you actually experience it, isn't so bad. And that fear is uh, kind of imagined in your head, you know, in our heads,
1: right? Fear isn't real. Fear is what we imagine might become real. And because it's fear, by definition, it's a lot worse than reality. Right. And so I would say that our fears are much greater than what will actually happen in reality when we experience them. That's what I would tell myself in my twenties.
2: Excellent. And do you think yourself in the twenties would listen to yourself now? I'll tell you that nobody ever
1: told me that, you know,
0: interesting. I, no one I did. Rushed. No one ever was like, dude, it's going to be okay. Like it's just fear.
1: Oh, they told me it's going to be okay. But nobody oh. ever said as a statement of fact that the fears you imagine in your head are never as bad in real life. Right, you know nobody told me that, and I wish they did,
2: because oh. I would have listened. Yeah,
0: and I what what more would you do? But not to second guess yourself in the old days, but like it's interesting to you know encourage that, and then also that kind of a message speaks to the people listening too, of like in case you're at any point wherever you're at, here here's this advice coming back from the future for you too. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense, man. Man, do you have any time for the garden in the back? You, oh, yeah. You've had like a million interviews and you get the book launch going on and you get this your birthday uh, going down. Do I need to sing to you today? But are, are you going to be out in the garden later?
1: Uh, I was in the garden in the morning a little bit. I went out. Usually I go out every day and measure my pumpkin. I'm growing giant pumpkins. And uh, first time. and Giant the pandemic, pumpkins? Yeah, I figured so that's the pandemic. that's a thing? Like how,
0: how do you make it
1: giant? Well, you start with a seed that comes from a giant pumpkin, Aha. and then you you feed the hell out. Are you writing a note? Yep. Really? Yeah. Why not? Are you going to read it later about giant pumpkins? Yep. Are you going to grow a giant pumpkin?
0: Nope. I, I have trouble with carrots. Like I, I I grew carrots one time and I forgot to go get them and they just kept growing. Yeah.
1: They just and they got bigger. They, they yeah.
0: grew. Yeah, maybe that's how I get a giant carrot. But okay, so giant pumpkin seed. Can you put it in the
1: ground? Good
0: DNA. (laughs) Good. You need the right
1: genetics. Yeah. So anyway, so my pumpkin is my biggest pumpkin yesterday gave me a birthday present and it's over 400 pounds. Hmm. How do you you know that? So what you do is you measure it with a tape, like a soft tape, and then you convert it. There's, there's like charts.
0: Oh, is this like the calculus that I... Didn't pay attention well, to? it's
1: like there's probably calculus in the background, but I just have a chart, <laughs> and there's also a calculator, and you put <laughs> in inches, app. it converts inches to pounds. Okay, you measure it three different ways. You measure all parts of the pumpkin three different ways, and got it. And they've done it for many years, enough times that they can estimate it fairly closely. You know, yeah, they they turn inches into pounds, and and then what you do, and I've never done this. I don't know if I'll do it this year. I don't know if I'm that guy. You, they do weigh offs. Yeah. Like I was going to say, you got to compete, don't you? I mean, I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't, I grew it for me and the kids because I thought it'd be fun to do. I didn't grow it thinking about any sort of way off. <laughs> I'll never win anything. Uh, it doesn't get interesting for these guys until it's over a thousand pounds. Really? The guys who do it well all day long, over a thousand pounds. In fact, the, the, the genetics are so good now. It's, it's easy to get there. Uh, if, if you, the key is planting it early enough, which I didn't, because I didn't know. Um, so I planted it too late too to late get there. there. So
0: does, does that, does that turn into like 300 pumpkin pies until you're s- blue in the face? No,
1: you don't eat it. You don't eat the giants because they're, you use like really heavy fertilizers and pesticides and, and gotcha. fungicides on them. So you use some really heavy stuff. I only eat the stuff that's organic, you know? Yeah.
0: Smart. Right. Cause you don't, like I have them. a
1: huge veggie garden that I use only organic on, but the pumpkins, I use the heavy stuff on.
0: Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I was going to say like, cause one little squirrel can like mess up your day. You know, could start- oh
1: yeah. Well these things can, can succumb to a million things. These, yeah. these, like, like it can end at any moment. Like, <laughs> like if it gets, if it gets some sort of disease or if it decides pumpkins will just like on their own, decide that's it. That's as big as this is getting and just stop growing. That's it. It got to the size it's going to get to and it's done.
0: Because and you not how much have a month around uh, it. It just yeah. it decides it's done
1: you can still have uh, a month left in your growing season and it just stops, stops to grow. So it can end for any reason. And it's totally out of your control, which is kind of one of the cool things too. Kind of like real life, you know, interesting. Throw stuff at you and you have to be really observant, but it it is a full time hobby. It uh, really takes an immense amount of time. These pumpkins that I'm growing, the big ones I have makes
0: it full time. Are you constantly watering it and constantly? It's
1: unbelievable. It's so I have a, in my veggie garden, which is really big. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I have 24 different heirloom tomato plants. I have probably a couple dozen cucumbers. I have cantaloupes, zucchini, probably a dozen and a half peppers. And these pumpkins, I have three giant pumpkin plants. Mm -hmm. They, uh, take more time than all the rest of that combined. Really? Yeah. Combined by a lot.
0: Would you do it again? Would you do it next year, knowing how much work it is?
1: I don't know yet. I've been thinking about it. I <laughs> have, have a nice patch you now. At
0: it yet? Have, you, have you yelled at it?
1: No, no, no. It's doing good. Well, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm going to I'm gonna get a nice big pumpkin. Do you I talk already nice have nice to
0: it? Because I've heard there's studies that if you talk nice to a plant, it does better.
1: I don't talk to them.
0: No. Maybe, maybe next year you talk to it.
1: Maybe you should have talked to your carrot, Casey.
0: What, what if I did? I still forgot about it. Maybe you can A, B test. Like I'm going to talk to this pumpkin and this pumpkin I'm going to yeah. ignore. It'd be like it a,
1: it'd be like a website, like a, like a landing page. It could be
0: like that. Speaking of which, <clears throat> tell me, where can people connect with you? Where do you want to seek you that out? That worked out so well for people? me.
1: I'm glad I was able to transition you. Yes, of course. Uh, so five minute selling is available everywhere you can buy books. So go to Amazon or wherever you buy it and please buy five minutes selling. Do you have an,
0: do you have an audible? Do you do the recording?
1: I didn't, but somebody else did it and it's going to be available in a few days.
0: Nice. Yeah. I kind of feel like I wanted you to do it, you know, just lay down some hard Ukrainian law and just make it. So maybe the next one. This
1: is enough for me. This, this is enough. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I did it here. If you want the planners and the trackers, go to my website, goldfane.com and download them. They're free. All right. You don't need the book to do these, but the book tells you what to do with them and how to use. Now um, that's it. That's all I got Goldfane.com com for the planners that are free webs uh buy the book wherever they sell books It's published by Wiley and um,
0: can we harass you on LinkedIn you. and Twitter too? Does that work?
1: You can yeah, you can go to not so much twitter i don't really I, I don't really hang out on Twitter, but I do hang out on LinkedIn.
0: but but I know you're going to go to a Twitter chat in about two minutes. yeah
1: I'm going to be out of my element. I don't. know what the <laughs> hell I don't know what the hell I'm going to do.
0: I'll there. try not to pay attention to it after I follow you on Twitter. I'll, I'll go say hi to you while you're on that. I've been um, trying
1: to download this tweet deck and I can't even do it
0: here. Oh geez. Yeah. You're this, in trouble.
1: This tweet deck. Do you see how I'm talking about it?
0: Yeah. Th- yeah. That's because Twitter is not built for chatting. That's my hard, hard and fast rule, but I'll still I'm say right. hi to you on there. Well, hey, hey dude, thank you so much for swinging by here. I know it was you know, a quick little visit, but I've already learned a whole ton. I'm inspired. I can't wait to throw this thank at you. my Thanks sales team. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
1: that. it. I enjoyed being here uh, and, I, and I appreciate it a whole lot, Casey. So thank you.
0: Hell yeah. And for those people listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because you already talked about it. I got pages of notes over here. Share this episode with someone. LinkedIn's great for that. But put one of your takeaways on there. Share with someone else. That's what thought leadership is. Tag Alex, tag myself. We'll start a conversation. Make this thing happen and go get the book because I'll be getting it too. And I want to hear a book report in a week. All right, guys. Uh, For those listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank
2: you so much for listening. Until next time.